0: The De- Colores Radio. The De- De- Colores Radio.
1: Hello, Bienvenidos. Welcome to The Colores Radio. This is episode 28. We are officially one year old
0: we are one year old yeah i was like i was trying to find something clever about 28 but i was like oh snap we're one we're
1: one we're like a new baby yeah a babe big babe big baby okay (laughs) anyways isn't that crazy
0: that is that ish cray
1: (laughs) as all don't we're oh sore subject right now anything whatever i was saying it
0: i was saying the hove part just for the record okay okay for the record
1: Uh, as always we appreciate you all listening i'm your host eva Arreguin, and with me is my homie rafael tamayo que pasa wow hablas espanol
0: un un poquito stop
1: my body cringes (laughs) Un um how are you doing
0: i'm chilling laying in a cut you know wow you know how it is how are you
1: i am also laying in the cut um so hi, I'm, hi officer i'm just here laying in the cut Stop, i'm just laying in the cut i promise um i'm doing pretty good i'm feeling good this wine got me feeling a little bit too good You're too drinking? soon i've never drank a day in my life so how no. dare you this is the blood of christ <laughs> okay wow uh we finally had our one year anniversary show and now we kind of get to breathe a little how are we feeling
0: yeah, definitely. Um, I know you always make jokes about my breathing because I have asthma. Oh, but I have I
1: never done that a day you in always my life. do that. That is horrible. Why would I make fun of someone's asthma?
0: I don't, I don't know why you do it either.
1: Oh, just, my God. Why do you I make just, me seem horrible? No, I mean,
0: I guess I just take it as one of those, like, friendly little jabs where you're like, haha, sometimes you are unable <laughs> to breathe.
1: <laughs> I've never done that. I do get scared, though. I'm like, bro, do you need something?
0: About what? When Oh, you- yeah. <laughs> When you are incapable of breathing. (laughs) When you're
1: like very near death because your air passage was closed off. Uh, No, I've never made fun of you for that, though. Well. Anyways, how did we get there? So, oh, because I was talking about how we felt about our one year. Yeah. I feel great.
0: I can breathe now, although I can't really breathe because especially with all the pollen. Yeah, it's pollen. um, But I can breathe
1: just breathe okay so we'll talk more about the one year anniversary after the juice but do you mind if i ask you something um no i've actually been going through some things and i need your advice uh-oh i <laughs> you sound so interested i just
0: i my advice i are...
1: need your feedback okay i want to give our listeners an insight into our personal energy into how we are feeling right now. Into the reality of our existence. <laughs> That's right. We're translating our feelings in the best way we know how. Memes. It's time for me mood. What do you got?
0: So there, there's there been several memes out and about and floating on the world wide web. Yes. Um, but I'm really feeling like this little league... Player, this boy's like seven or eight years old, maybe uh-huh. younger. And the caption says, His coach told him to run home as fast as he could. And this little boy is running in like ultra slow motion. <laughs> and his coach goes up to him and even like tries to get him to hurry up. And he like Coaches moves it. Yeah, he's like, Man, get your arm off me. <laughs> and he keeps going like super slow in true dramatic fashion.
1: Wait, you're dramatic? How dare you? Did you just admit you're dramatic? No, I'm talking about the me. Oh meme. my god! I am not dramatic. Me moods are who we are at that moment. They're a
0: reflection. I mean, it's when interpreting will a particular my like.
1: Reflection. <laughs> All right, that's a great me mood, little Thank little uh, t-ball player. I guess it's t-ball.
0: It's not t-ball. It's little league. Oh,
1: What's the difference between t-ball and little league? T-ball,
0: the balls on like an actual like.
1: Tea? what's the tea honey i'm learning so there's much there's no today. pitcher;
0: like they don't need a pitcher because the ball is there like a station oh and ball little league and they, they just... get
1: they still get right. thrown the ball yeah okay well i'm learning so much thank you education yeah. system <laughs> um my mood today really simple stuff there's a lot going on in the world obviously always but there's a lot of like uh avengers memes i don't relate that much to those because i haven't seen it but what i did see in like is this video, it's used all the time for like uh, somebody grooving, mm-hmm. but it says me at the club when this part of nice for what comes on. And it's this, this, oh, this kid, yeah,
0: yeah, the little boy that sneaks into the club.
1: Yes. And he's like living his best life and he has glasses on and he is just grooving and I wish it would appear how I want it to appear right now, yeah. but I've really just been bumping nice for what.
0: But that happened often, coincidentally, whenever you walked in the spots. Okay,
1: literally, I was like, "Am I in a movie right now?" <laughs> I felt famous. I was like, "Who that is, is she?" Cool, huh? uh, it was so funny because yeah. on that day of the one year, every time I walked in somewhere, it was playing, which it was also DJ Rocket, so I'm like, "Okay, yeah. I mean, I it's love DJ you.
0: Rocket, faded DJs, you know."
1: But uh, I felt really cool, and so I'm still on that on that wave, I guess. So those are our me moods for today. But it's so weird to think that we're really jumping into our second year of doing this thing. Yeah. What are your thoughts and hopes and wishes and dreams for our second year?
0: Well, I'm having a lot of fun. Um, I am. I don't believe you with that tone. I I feel like you're just waiting to clown on me for whatever. Oh, he can't breathe.
1: Oh, Oh oh, my God. His
0: mood, he's dramatic.
1: I'm sorry. I'll stop clowning. I'm just kidding. It was a I'll joke. be more serious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, um, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying this. I honestly, I was like, once Eva, you know, gets to that, um, I ain't got time for this anymore. Like she was gonna be like, bye, co-host. Oh my God! The, like, when would I ever?
1: I don't know. I mean, I just, you no, know, I just thought we have abandonment issues. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm never leaving. I will be here till I'm 80. Like, well, Rafa, are what you ready if, to record what
0: if netflix is like yo we need that latinx yes. miniseries but it needs to shoot in i don't know mexico city let's go you're coming with me i'll i'll like skype in
1: oh my god you're so lame no you're going with <laughs> me anyways now it is officially time for the juice el juguito the Juice is where we cover the latest gossip on pop culture, politics, and news. Did you guys like that? I like to spice things up. It's year two. You gotta do it big. <laughs> so as always, we start with the rougher news. There is a ton of rough news. Maybe some people don't consider it rough and they consider it silly. I consider it rough. I um It's rough. Right? Yeah. Mostly
0: rough? Like rough in a bad way, not like ASAP Fergo. Right.
1: Rough. DMX.
0: Yeah,
1: rough ooh, Riders. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, oh <my> <laughs> okay, so I told y'all this wine. I don't know what he put in it. That wine's strong. Um. All right. So we're gonna start with the more difficult, serious news. Uh, I heard about this a little bit, and then I had to do a little more research because I was at work all day. Whenever all the information was coming out, but there was a migrant caravan that was seeking asylum from Central America. And good old and classic U.S. fashion, we love turning away humans that are in dire need of help. Um, so I believe they let in like eight people this this Monday, the past Monday. Yeah. But there's over 150 migrants from Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador yeah. waiting at the border in Tijuana. To try to get in. And, of course, with the... They're under, like, tarps and plastic right, bags. And, and these are human bodies, living
0: creatures. Like, they, that story on that one, that she, you know, she, a single mom, like, carrying a baby and, right. and two kids or something. A like lot that.
1: of them are women and children. And we've become so inhumane, so heartless, to the point that we're literally just turning our backs on these people. Um, so it's really heartbreaking, and it really makes you recognize how privileged you are as a Latinx person in the United States. Um, at least I know that's how I feel, and I, I want to know what else I can do besides vote to get these people out of office. But at the same time, I feel like our society has gone so far past even just the quote-unquote politics of it all, where we, we don't even see humans in the eyes and say... Yeah, I want to help you.
0: Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that that detachment has grown like, and it's so strong. You know how I feel about it is that because the disconnect, like it, it the way that it's happened over the years, it's that we don't even think of these things and we don't even look at the impact that it's having on a human life anymore. Now it's just about rhetoric and politics and semantics and people that, you know, have to answer to lobbyists and they're so far detached from the reality of just helping like a fellow neighbor, a human being that, you know, the concern is more around, well, you know, what's going to be the result of this if I don't please X,
1: you know, right. if I don't,
0: you know, my constituents are asking for this and I can't find a way to actually make it work for the benefit of of a human life. And, you know, people people are selfish.
1: Right. And it gets ugly because it's not like, I know we like to be nationalists because we're Mexicanos and we're in Texas and blah, blah, blah. But like Mexico is really shitty to Central Americans as well. And so Mm -hmm. like these people are literally fleeing for their life, like simple as that. And and it's terrible because it's not like Mexico is going to treat them much better because they're Central American. And then the United States won't even open their arms to them in any kind of way when they're literally seeking asylum. Like... Uh, it's so frustrating. I don't know how this news will change by the time this episode comes out. I'd love to believe that we've had a change of heart, but I don't know that that will happen as they barely even allowed eight people in. Um, Most of the times when they're seeking asylum, it's because they're actually in dire need, not because they're just bored and want the benefits of this country, which even when you are privileged within this country, it's... It's not hard to see how terrible this country is to people and how we constantly go and bomb other places and this and that. And we got our own bullshit to take care of here that we can't even focus on. Um, So I'd like to see that this would change by the time this episode comes out, but I don't know that it will. Um, And breaking news that happened like right before we started recording the attorney general in a similar fashion, Kevin Paxton uh, is trying to sue the federal government to end DACA. He is the attorney general here in Texas. Um, so this is not shocking, but it's fucking frustrating. And it's so frustrating to me because if you go practically anywhere in Texas, Mexicanos are doing everything And we've said it before Obviously there's a Latino population as well But Mexico, Mexicans Are the majority in Texas And I just am always in awe Of how much they hate us They will wear our costumes They will take our traditions They will eat our goddamn food And y'all better not fucking do nothing For single mile motherfuckers And y'all will do all that You'll let us clean your houses You'll let us take care of your kids You'll let us clean your schools, you'll let us clean your offices, you'll look us in the eyes and smile, and then you'll still fucking try to end programs that are benefiting our people, and you blatantly know that because you you hate us. I don't see any other way to look at it at this point. And I don't mean to get that serious, but it's that serious. And like to me, I wanna say vote, 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 let's go vote. Like Latinos were what? More than half of the population in Texas now? Yeah. Or about half. Almost, yeah. And so it's like, what's it going to take? It, it, and then if we vote and we get different people in office, are y'all going to keep playing games with us? Because I got trust
0: issues, so. It's always, I mean, it's going to be, it, it's one of those things where if we don't mobilize our community in a way that, that you know, that the representation reflects, actually reflects the community, then, you know, it's going to keep on being this, this thing of games. I always go back to the time that Highland Park, like, outlawed live-in maids, God. Um, Because of the law that said the schools that, you know, students go to will be reflective of their zip codes where they live. And Highland Park had a lot of Hispanic living maids. And so those maids had children. Of course. And so that meant that there was going to be a bunch of, you know, Mexicanos at Highland Park Bushy High School and, and, and all these other schools. And they're like, oh, nope. Can't wow, have that. Wow, I did Yeah, no. So, I mean, it's always stuff like that. Like something happens. And, and the thing is, like... We're, we're already at a disadvantage because we're not connected in the way that these communities are connected. These communities of, of politicians, they've been in power for so long, they understand how it works because they built the system. But they know that if a law goes into effect, that means one thing, there's going to be trickle-down effects from that law, and they analyze everything to make sure that, you know, their, that their system, that their environment, that the way they've set it up, isn't in danger and the second that it is, they make it so that, you know, they, they, they're able to do the changes that they need to so that they're not, you know, in danger of losing a, a particular setup that they've already established and that's what, I mean, that's the this the frightening part that it's, yeah, you know, as much as we might fight and work to mobilize our community, we have to make sure that we really understand that there's power in numbers and, just because we might have disagreements within ourselves as a community, it doesn't mean that we still can't be out there. You know what I mean? Right. Because at the end of the day, we all have to live together. You know what I mean? So we, we're we all neighbors. We're all in this together. So if we can't find a way to voice voice our concerns and really put people in, in place that represent us and like our ideals, then we're going to keep on having situations like the ones that we're presenting yeah. with today.
1: I mean... If you don't feel like our government hates us, um, I need you to listen to this podcast a little harder (laughs) because I'm like, to me, there's no other way to look at it. I know that sounds super harsh and mad serious, but y'all know, to me, our lives are on the line. Uh, Texas has the second most DACA recipients in the nation behind California. Over 100,000 students would be affected by this and just to see how blatantly inhumane these people are and how little they care about us should mobilize you or motivate you to to do something because they're not out here for us. They will, again, take our food, take our culture, take our tradition, smile on our face, let us in their house, let us clean, let us whatever. They don't care. They don't care. We are not equal to them. They are better than us. And in order to, sh- unless we fit their proper mold, right? Unless we become Ted Cruz and like, assimilate enough then we're not good enough for them they don't they don't care about us so we need to fight back um so that's enough on that fuck greg abbott and king paxton and i'll say it a million times the same way i'll say fuck donald trump la 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 um (laughs) i won't even get into major well we'll go into trump a little bit later i guess um god damn okay so the first one's like kind of good news and then the other stuff kind of goes hand in hand with it um In that, I don't know, I like the truth coming out. Whether the truth sucks or not, I like knowing the truth. Um, So it was really cool because Cosby Cosby finally is getting what he deserves, Mm -hmm. I would say. Um, That news came out, I think, last week. Mm -hmm. I believe now he's going to be on, they're just going to have like an ankle bracelet on him. So he's not going to actually go to like a prison. Um, This situation is weird. If there's any Cosby apologizers, I know I don't understand how, because the man literally said he did it like what what? he literally talked about quaaludes. He talked about giving them to women. Um, And, and the fact that society had such a hard time believing over 50 women that said the exact same thing of how he did this process shows you how little we trust and believe in women.
0: And that's the annoying And even part. listen to them. That's really annoying because I've heard way too many people are like well they're just trying to get their 15 minutes. They're trying to be in the Why? spotlight. Why? Why would I want 15 and I saw, minutes of, and of I that? Saw, yeah somebody tweeted something like name one of the one of the victims. Name one out of 50. Name one. And, and people can't name any of them for a variety of reasons. Obviously you know some choose to remain anonymous but like when you really look at the, the the situation, it's like when you say those things, it's a cop out.
1: Why does that matter? Why exactly. do we need to know that's their names? They're like, victims. We don't want to know their names. They exactly. should have their own identities and without so being attached that, to that.
0: Along with every other like opinion that's meant to like, I don't even know what it is to preserve a legacy. Or I've seen or, some people
1: that were like sharing images <clears throat> of them, which obviously it's been forty years in some cases. And they're like, really? You think Cosby would do that to this? I'm like, are y'all fucking kidding me? Y'all are so disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's so scary to see that. But it's the same thing with like, again, we brought it up a little bit at last episode at the live show and I didn't get to go as in as I wanted to. But like the same way people are still besties with people even in the Dallas scene that are doing shitty things have been called out for being either physically abusive or emotionally abusive or otherwise... Same thing to me.
0: Yeah.
1: I I personally don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to connect with those people.
0: Yeah.
1: Why would I? Why would I want to, why would I want to defend these people? Like, mm -mm. no, if you're actually down for the cause and you actually give a rat's ass about women, you wouldn't be like that. And I don't care if you were raised by women and respect women, quote unquote, you can still be trash. It's not that hard. It's not that hard, and if you can't even believe women and listen to women and uplift women, you ain't for me, boo. I know that much, cause all these things work hand in hand. Um, so then, Cosby, great, going to jail. Bye, buddy. You get, you deserve this. I don't give a fuck how many Huxtable seasons we had. If you are a trash man, and he's more trash, cause he was demonizing. Uh, his own community in a lot of ways and telling him to shape up and this and that. And it's like, nah, fuck you. You were really fucked up. Yeah. You were terrible. So I was glad to hear that. Um, then I was bummed out to hear... Ah, uh, this hurt. <sighs> I'll move on to the... I'll, I'll go to the shittier one and then I'll go light back back to the other one. Not okay. lightened up, but... Um, then the Time's Up campaign recently also like pinned a letter saying it's time to mute R. Kelly, which I thought was really powerful. I didn't really know where the Time's Up campaign was going to go or like with the Me Too movement and everything. And obviously these are important movements. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought it was really great (coughs) that they basically said, hey, black women have been talking about this man and what he's been doing for years. And it's time to investigate this shit. And so I think it's really cool. I'm really eager to see what happens because i support the movement and and we'll see what happens
0: yeah you gotta go bruh
1: you have to go yeah like yeah it's so weird and then so it's lots of lots of lots of things that happen that kind of are all a part of a similar system this one i don't know if he you'll have to tell me i don't even know if he said anything back But Khalees, in a recent interview, was saying that Nas physically abused her and that they would fight and they would hit each other back and forth. Um, And that's obviously... I don't even know the word.
0: It's, I mean...
1: It sucks, but I was not surprised. Yeah. Because in, in people of color communities, it's very, very common for women to be abused and for it to be just accepted mm-hmm. and you either handle it or you don't and you leave or you end up dead um, is often what I think happens. And again, it shows how little we value our women. And so this was just disheartening because it's everybody's one of everybody's favorite rappers. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how he responded. I don't know if he said anything. I, I, I haven't seen anything. In I know one, he's you know. on tour right now. So that's really interesting. But like for R. Kelly... Into, I don't know if it, if he already did his show in Dallas. Or no, I think it's to, coming up. Yeah, the symphony. But like for R. Kelly, when that happened to him, his ticket sales went up. And I think for Cosby too, he was on tour when the, the allegations resurfaced as well. Yeah. And so that's how ugly our society is. That when some... We want to see the mess. We want to... We hope they will be ugly or mention it so we can be the first ones to witness it. Is that what it is? Like how fucked up is it? But in all these cases, we're not... Well, not the Khalees one, I guess, but we're typically not believing women. And I think the only reason we m- believed Khalees is because she holds power and fame as well. Yeah. I think that's the slight difference that comes to mind immediately. But I'm sure there are people on the other side that are like Nas apologize, apologizers as well.
0: Of course. I mean, we see, we see it on, 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 the level, on the local level here. Right. And, I mean, it's, obviously it's going to be on that On that level also, Um, you know, when it's so close to home in terms of what we've seen here in Dallas and we see people like come to the defense and it's like, you know, what is it that you're actually defending? Like if wrong was done where a line was crossed, then there needs to be um, like the resolution isn't for you to explain yourself or for you to say that you're not a bad person by explaining it in a certain way and having people come defend you. Like right. that's that, you know, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than you and it's bigger than this egotistical idea that, you know, if you've grown up and become a better person, that everything's fine because it's not that it goes deeper than that because that idea and that mentality that you had, like there's no telling what the ramifications of that are or will be like you, you know, those types of things ruin lives, right? And when you come to the defense of that without fully understanding and just with the idea that this is a person that you didn't have a run in with or because you respected them.
1: Or your uh, personal experience was not similar to that. It doesn't mean shit.
0: Right. When you come to the defense of that, what does that say about you? And it's like, well, you know, even even though I didn't like mess with him like that heavy I still think he's a good dude and it's like you of all people when it comes to that type of vocalization need to be quiet Mm -hmm. so if we see that on this local level with people who haven't hit the level of fame that like Nas did of course people are going to come to defense of you know someone like Nas and you know as hard as it is for me to hear something like that Nas being one of my personal favorites um there is um, an idealized version of who I think Nas is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know the, the the practical side of who I am as a person knows that he is a human being, and I'm not going to take that you know that idealized version of who he is as reality. I know that. I know that's not true. Um, but when you look up to someone and they're like an influence in your life, mm-hmm. and you feel like they've let you down with something that should have been a foundational, solid truth. That built the character that they represent, that inspired you, that you feel like is a role model to you and could have been to your children when that image is shattered. It's just you know it's disheartening because you have to you reflect and think, you know, I know that this world can be a lie, and I know that you know whose world is this <laughs> way too way too often have I been presented with the the realities of this world and how unfair it is, and how much be as we live with every day and how the next man that i shake when i shake his hand like i i know that that handshake could mean nothing right and um yeah i mean it, it it's just it, it's one of those eye opening revelations where you're like oh yeah this is this is the world that i'm living in
1: right um a lot of the stuff you said at the end will lead us to the next topic but before we get into that i just want to say that again if you've been rocking with us for a year, you know by now that these systems work together in this way and that we even think it's okay to physically abuse or rape or hurt women in this way and not value their opinion or brush them to the side or even be able to continue your career happily without that whereas women as soon as they even get pregnant which is like the epitome of like beautiful life and the ability to bring life into the world and the power of that as woman and this is how we treat them this is how we devalue them like that's some shit that's what the patriarchy is And so we have to fight that, too, if you don't know by now. Um, But the final things you were saying regarding um, someone you idolized um, hit a little close to home in the next topic. Uh, I've had a couple friends reach out to me and say, when is the next episode coming out? I want to know what your thoughts are on this. (laughs) Y'all, I've been ignoring my thoughts. Um, My boy... My boy Kanye is gone. Oh, yay? <sighs> during our live episode...
0: Kanye Westworld.
1: Yikes. Oof. Um, during our live episode, we talked about it a little bit, because he had just gotten back on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And... Um, a lot has happened since then. A lot has happened today. Um,
0: he produced that Nas album.
1: Bruh. Oof. Jesus Christ. It is so. I don't even know. Like, I already felt like Kanye was gone, but now I know he's gone. And I'm not saying he can't return, but right now he's gone, and my support of him is gone. Yeah. Because I know that I want to believe he's going to be okay. Because some of the things he's saying, he's just wilding, right? He's wilding.
0: Well, some, I've seen, so some of my friends have posted some of this stuff. That he says on Facebook, um, because I'm old and some of my friends still Facebook. And um, You're not wrong about that one, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I read these comment threads and some people are in defense and like some of some of the, in defense? So some of the people that I know from, and y'all know who y'all are, I'm saying this knowing y'all ain't listening. But these are old school Dallas hip hop heads.
1: If you're in defense, you're a hype beast to me.
0: That's what I'm saying. But they feel like in order to I feel I take what their response is is as um, like this hope to keep up with the times and hope to stay relevant. But it's like, bruh, when I was like a young teenager sneaking into shows, you were old. And freestyling and representing. Oh,
1: shots and, fired!
0: And so, like when you sit there and say, "Nah, Kanye is just on another level of thinking," no, that's and stupid. And he's way too advanced, and he's too he's too progressive too. for the common, like you know, ideal I- ideas that simpletons have. Like that makes me upset because it's like Kanye is not. A scholar, he he doesn't have this erudite, erudite like vision where we think that he's what he's saying is like some mad advanced philosophy that breaks down, you know, human existence. No, like he's just off his rocker. Like he's saying some things to, you know, to get the ratings up and to build the hype, and people are falling for it. And I'm not buying it because it doesn't make any sense.
1: I think that it gets really difficult and we're going to talk about our relationship to hip hop a little bit later. Cause we obviously are very passionate about it and we talk about it like every fucking episode. And I want to bring some different people in revolving that world here in Dallas, but like it is difficult because that's why hip hop means so much to us because it is that, that hood scholar right it's that street word it's that knowledge that power that you feel on a different level than you feel from the knowledge you're gaining in school or whatever um my relationship to kanye has run deep for most of my life his career is most of my life um So I I always felt deeply connected. I did not ever hop off the train. I was always in, even when he was wearing the pink and the whatever. And everybody was not on the train. So first of all, I I like to correct that. Because I used to be like, no, this is my Kanye. Y'all ain't jumping in now because he's making cool clothes and this and that. Um, So it was really interesting as a Kanye fan to to follow him because I was so closely protective of him for so long because his music was coming out for me in some of my darkest times and i was able to relate on a very similar level which i I know lots of his big fans feel the same way um but there was a a quick turn in the last i would say six seven years where he started to like people were making fun of him and then all of a sudden everybody's on board again and then now with this shit it's like We cannot keep idolizing these people. We can't. It's not healthy for us. Maybe that's why the Bible said we shouldn't idolize. Because when we idolize our Cosby's, our Nas's, our R. Kelly's, our Kanye's, look where we end up. And we're giving it so much fucking power. So much of our energy. So much of our time. When we could be fucking thinking about ourselves and bettering our own world but we're not we're fucked up and thinking about these people who get fucked up because of the money the power the fame and all these different drugs or whatever the hell else you want to include that's that's something i'm working on now too because i used to idolize the shit out of people i did i'm guilty of it i know that now but i ain't gonna i'm gonna try to do it much less it's totally it's hard to not want to because I think it's almost a form of escapism, right? Right, yeah. I mean, that's
0: it, it goes along t- with what I was saying in terms of like having this image of someone that you project. You know what I mean? Right. Knowing that you don't know this person and not really wanting to understand that they are a human being who breathes and bleeds just like you do. Right. Rather this perfect or this image of or, or, or this idea of a person that can do no wrong because everything that they have put out into the world up until that point is so right. That, yeah, I mean, you do run into the moments where something like this happens. They are
1: human, and they will get accustomed to whatever world is surrounding them. Yeah. And and that's the reality. So when this man, which if I'm not mistaken, someone can correct me, but I'm pretty sure his family, if not his mother and his uncle, I believe, or his uh, biological father were, like, in the Black Panther movement or involved in it. And so, I'm like, how the hell, like, for the last four years, even when he married Kim K, I was like, is this for fucking real? Yeah. And from then on, he spiraled downward. And I'm not saying it's that family's fault, but goddamn, it's hard to ignore. Yeah. It's hard to ignore. And it is... It is nobody's fault but himself, but whenever a person like that has such traumatic experiences, lost his mother, who was his everything, never dealt with it. Clearly, he's still dealing with it when he's trying to make her surgeon the cover of his album. What? Yeah. It's sad. It's really sad. I'm glad he seems to be getting some closure because apparently he penned an open letter to him, but that was hard to read too. It, it's all really rough and so some of the things he's saying i'm like okay that kind of makes sense that's cute but there's a lot of privilege in what he's saying and his ability to say free thought free thinking da da da, one love br-. you sound like you're wanting to be a hippie but you're also talking to candace owens who doesn't even back the black lives matter movement as a black woman in america in fact she's going contra it so now you're saying stupid shit like 400 years of slavery was a choice. What the goddamn hell are you saying, bruh? Yeah. You sound stupid. And now all the shit I defended you for is true. Yeah, that's not enlightened. I'm sorry. What? It's not. And if you're defending him, you're hype beast. I'm sorry. You're just kissing his ass still. And I think that's part of the problem. I think the people he surrounds himself with all are like that. Why? Because he is a genius to a degree. But it's hard to say that now for me. You ain't a genius if you rock and make America great again. You're a dude with a lot of money and power and privilege. Like what? How? How, Sway? How? I don't get it. It's disappointing and it's frustrating, but I'd be damned if I'm going to give my money to that motherfucker again. And it sucks because, again, some of the things he's saying kind of, makes sense in an ideal world yeah love everybody would be cute bruh but system of oppression don't work that way it don't i'm sorry so i don't know what's gonna happen next to kanye it really is disheartening because i feel like we watch people kill themselves michael jackson you know whoever we watch it happen and we laugh and we point or we shun them, and it's like, what do we do? But even the way he's reacted to John Legend was weird. Yeah, was shitty. And then the next day, they're like hanging out with Chrissy Teigen's baby shower, and I'm like, okay, so that's they're fi- they're friends again. What? I'm confused. They weren't never not friends. Yeah. But like, it's weird. And you can be friends with people you have differences with. I get that.
0: I, I prom- personally I do not do not rock with Trump supporters at all. I'm saying if if some of my closest family decides that they want to wear a make america great again hat and talk about how That's 45 not progressive. It, i'm sorry but you ain't coming through any cookouts Nope. nope. same uh-uh. i don't
1: even want to talk to you i don't even want to look at you sorry why not because i'm being too much or we can't accept different no it's because the things that motherfucker represents the things you're lining yourself up with you're literally like the day that trump tweeted at kanye Trump had a clip attached where he was in some, like, campaign floor, or whatever, and he was saying, are there any Hispanics in the room? Good, we're gonna build that wall. Damn. Yeah. And Kanye, that's what you're cool with, bruh? For real? Like, nah, I can't fuck with that anymore. I loved Kanye West. I loved him so deeply. I truly did. But I can't keep rocking with that. Do I hope he gets better and finds peace and is actually okay? Yes, I do. But I don't know if it's going to happen. And I'm not blaming it on that family. But I know damn well that if you're my family and you're not helping me through an opioid addiction and I'm crying for help Mm -hmm. or liposuction or whatever other shit he's saying, you're not my family. You're not really writing for me because my family would help me out and I wouldn't be crying for help online. Which, if it's a ploy for this album, sure, it's going to make people listen. But I ain't buying it. I ain't supporting it. If someone wants to steal it and say, listen to this track, I guess I might listen. But really, it leaves such a bad taste for me. I can't even disconnect the artist from the art anymore. I can't do that. I don't, yeah. That's not how I work anymore. Back in the day, I was like, okay, let's separate. Nope. Not anymore. I can't. You know why? Because my people's lives are on the line, including mine in some cases. Mm. So I can't do that anymore that's the times we're living in now so jesus christ on the loud like what it's heartbreaking i think that's the end of our rough news yeah damn it kanye come back okay i'm fine oh jesus all right i'm gonna let you take the lead on the next one because you're very excited about this (laughs) i was this is a much lighter news Michelle is a wolf (laughs) That's cute The White House Correspondents Dinner Which if you don't know It's basically where all the journalists And like news people of the United States Maybe the world No it's just the US They go and they have a little dinner And nobody really cares Besides for when the jokes come in Every year Like we've seen Obama do it We saw Seth Meyers do it We've seen all these famous people do it And for some strange reason it did not land well, and I I don't know why.
0: I thought it was <laughs> the most amazing thing I had seen in a long tell time. Tell us.
1: Tell us about it.
0: Michelle Wolf is a genius. Now that, my friends, is a genius.
1: Damn, that's really kind.
0: I'm saying, like, she rocked it from when she started to when she ended. Like, it was just, it was, it was, oh, she... She didn't hold back at all. She went in on as many people as she could. She Her her literal last words were, Flint still does not have clean water. Amen. She yes. was saying, I had so many jokes about the cabinet, but y'all y'all get rid of them faster than Starbucks gets rid of black people. Mm. And, and then she still goes in afterwards and says, it's okay, we're having an afternoon over it. Like, that's all we need. And she goes in on, on you know, 45, obviously, but... She also goes in on a lot of other things. Um, she makes jokes. And so she makes light of conversation, like these conversations that need to be had. But the way she presents them are in a way where you have to really analyze it. And, you know, from the jump, she's like, I'm not, <laughs> she says, I'm, I'm not trying to get anything accomplished. So everyone that's here from Congress, you should feel right at home. Tea. And so obviously that you know she she got a, a whole lot accomplished because she's trending everyone's talking about her she's got an she's HBO She's making that special. money right yeah, now. Yeah, she's got an HBO special, she's got a Netflix series coming out uh in May. And um, yeah, I mean obviously like she she pushed the right button. So many people are upset and I saw a lot of like uh right-leaning supporters were like, you know, she was so vulgar and they blah blah. They were so
1: oppressed and it's Honestly, incredible, because I feel like they like to, for lack of better terms, victimize themselves when they want to. Right. So they can be terrible. We can elect rapists. We can elect people that grab people by the pussy. We can elect people that or almost elect people that are like child molesters. Yeah. We can do all of these things. And they will sweep that shit under the rug. They will sweep the entire history of America under the rug. All the massacres, all the problems. But, bro, you gonna get mad at an eyeshadow joke? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Really? A, you're I'm telling me Huckabee Sanders, her feelings were really hurt by that. Of all the bullshit y'all do, that, that's where I'm like, y'all just pull the card because y'all are bored. Yeah. And you're probably trying to distract us from something else y'all are doing. But y'all get hurt when y'all want to get hurt. And it's like, and then someone like dumbass Roseanne, Roseanne, how dare you? You were supposed to represent your li- your low-class bitches. Your low-class, low-income, sorry. Low-income motherfuckers. And then you become a monster as well, which is fine. We don't need you. We didn't really want you anyways. But then you're going to be like, oh, the first rule of comedy is this, this, that. Girl, Bye. shut your ass up. Every damn politician that's like wow that's so vulgar and rude girl no it ain't what are y'all talking about have you seen your damn president
0: that's the thing like that to me the whole idea of saying that she crossed the line or that she went too far or that she shouldn't have said some of those things that she said like that is comedy and so if comedy and and I remember somebody telling me that you can do a lot more with comedy than you can with drama and I still believe that and it's very difficult to do comedy and for her to stand up there and deliver what she delivered in the way that she did, in the room that she did, like, to me, is just, is, is it's amazing. Because you have to sit there in awe of someone who was able to do something so powerful that so many people are upset over. But, like, you have to be thankful because she said, you know, she said so many things that, people were feeling or people you know
1: imagine if she was a person of color that's what i kept thinking like
0: Mm -mm, yeah
1: they don't even hire us to do that stuff because Mm -mm. this lady's being demonized maybe because she has a strong tan and curly hair i don't know but she's a white woman and they are still blowing up on her and i'm like I was expecting, because I didn't watch the whole thing, so I was expecting, like, some brutal shit, and I was like, oh, like, this is funny and good, but I didn't even think it was that bad, so I was like, y'all are stretching for that victim card. That's how
0: we talk. That's how we talk about these things.
1: For real? I know y'all say worse shit about, like, Mexicans behind the door. Like, what? How? Okay. And that's what I think a lot of it is, though, where they flip the... They flip the switch and act some type of way just to get us all distracted and or get whatever they want to do or just make them feel themselves feel sad or they're like, oh, fuck, we feel actually attacked. Yeah. So we're going to cry. Cry wolf about it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that was cute or whatever. Congrats to her. We wish you a successful career. Please be a decent white ally um, in this fight. Uh, (laughs) But this next story was kind of silly. I didn't understand it at first, and I was like, why is this happening? And apparently, you know, Twitter.com don't know how to act. Um, If you go to to Google.com and you searched Daddy Yankee's dad... Ramona Yala would come up. <laughs> that's right. The Puerto Rican superstar, Daddy Yankee, and the Mexican superstar, Ramona Yala, are apparently father and son. Son and father.
0: That's amazing.
1: Isn't it? Is. No, it's just fucking silly <laughs> because Daddy Yankee, which that's his birth name, yeah. yeah. Um, his dad his daddy Yankees <laughs> real name is also Ramon Ayala. So apparently the internet was freaking out cause they're like, what? That's his dad. And I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, we are so bored. Is this what we're doing tonight? I thought it was funny. I thought it was cute, but apparently it's been like a theory on and off for a few years, uh. <laughs> but it was a nice little, it's funny. Comic like relief. <laughs> um, they have absolutely no relation to one another, but apparently they might have a song coming out soon. So that'll oh. be good. Maybe it it's all good. a ploy to just make <laughs> us buy the song. But literally, these are complete I'll opposite. Buy the song. As long, spectrums as long as they don't say. Spanish music, y'all. As
0: long as they don't, like, wear Make America Great. I,
1: I guess. Guess. Don't <laughs> rom- I'm honestly in mourning. I'm I actually, I'm fine. Like, it's yeah. no surprise that he became what he became, but whatever. Anyway, so that was a funny, cute little thing that happened on the internets <laughs> yesterday. And then finally, my girl i don't know how we don't love this woman like if you don't love her you are bored or lame or both um rihanna this is like not the biggest chunk of news but i just wanted to include it because i was excited okay yeah so rihanna has been doing the damn thing right she did like she had a great album uh, then she had the Fenty line, which girl, let me tell you that lip gloss <laughs> is popping and everything else I've tried is great. And then now she's doing a lingerie line, which I was like, that's cute. Don't know how much <laughs> it'll be. And anytime any like new lines or clothing drops, I'm always like, "Welp." They rarely think about plus size people. So I'm going to sit this one out. But that was a good idea. And so I told Ari, like, I wonder if she'll do a plus size line. Ari's my yeah. best friend. She's been on the show a couple of times, blah, blah, blah. So Ari was like, I don't know. Like, that'd be really cool. And I was like, man, we'll see. And so she obviously was very inclusive with the shade she did for Fenty. And that's why it made it such a huge deal mm-hmm. with the beauty line. But then the first ad she dropped had a plus size Brown-looking woman. And I was like, yes, bitch! I'm going to give you my money, even though I don't want to give you all my money. But I will, because I want to now. So it was just really exciting. Um I, I, I just want to buy it because it's so rare that, especially big superstars like her do really inclusive things especially of plus size people nobody celebrates plus size people like damn we literally are out here trying to make our own damn clothes because people aren't writing for us even though the plus size industry is like the biggest industry in women's clothing because Plus size starts at size 12. The majority of women in the United States are size 14, bitches. So up your fucking plus size clothing game. I'm sorry. I'm going on a crazy rant now.
0: <laughs> <My God>. But <laughs> poor Rafa. He's like, wow. Um. I, I wish I, I, I don't know what to say.
1: You love Rihanna, so... I do.
0: Anything Rihanna does, I'm in support of.
1: I was just excited. I don't even know if I'm going to actually buy this shit, but good for her. <laughs> just do like, your thing. You like,
0: I don't want to buy it, but I want to buy it, so I'm <laughs> not going to buy it, but I do, so I will. But I
1: will! Um, so I was really excited about that. Apparently, she's also dropping two albums, so we'll see how that goes. And technically, we could include our one-year anniversary in the juice, but we'll just... Jump into it in a little bit. (laughs) So that just about wraps up the juice. I hope that you enjoyed it. Ding, ding, ding. Yippee. All right. So we just wanted to quickly discuss our relationship to this little thing called hippity hoppity.
0: (laughs) Hippity hoppity.
1: so i've wanted to do this for a while now and i um it means a lot to both of us for different reasons Mm -hmm. but we both have a deep deep connection to it and so i wanted to discuss our relationship to hip-hop um because i think it's a big component of what our identities are um correct me if i'm wrong (laughs) um but really i just wanted to discuss that and i want to bring some different artists and people in that contribute to it here in dallas and and it's something i wanted to talk about for a while but clearly when we can go off on 10 minute tangents over a a a star we got a problem so i just want to talk about your relationship to hip-hop and mine i guess
0: yeah um well, hip-hop for me is... Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> i are so lame.
0: Um, it was the identity, mm. you know, um, because I connect with so many different things and, you know, cross-cultural things too. Um, so, like, I mean, I love, like, Norteñas. I love corridos. I love, you know, música de banda. I love reggae. I love polka music oh you you mean i love like really like some really dope african rhythms and and all kinds of things and and um it started with hip-hop music because of my brothers um specifically my oldest brother um who was you know i've i've said it before one of my biggest influences and uh, one of my biggest role models but being stuck in between uh you know, what your parents kind of raise you with and where they're from. Mm. It's a lot of Mexican cultural traditions. Which was a
1: little bit of what Shay was talking about last episode. Yeah.
0: And so uh, being here in the U.S. and trying to acclimate to American society, um, I was in a unique position along with my younger brother because we had two older brothers who were kind of living life firsthand Mm -hmm. and we were gonna you know they were trailblazers for us we were gonna be able to follow in their footsteps and know a little bit about what to expect and um hip-hop music was was that um like that environment that allowed us to to say well You know, I I might not connect with this song 100% or this music 100%, but I feel like I belong 100% because what they're saying is a reflection of who they are in a way that I can communicate with them. Mm. Um, And then, yeah, and so it it was really dope because then we started hearing people that were like us. And then I realized that hip-hop was much more than just the music. And so it went beyond that into, you know, the way people talk, the way people dress, the dance, the art, the the, the everything, right? And so um, there was a lot of navigating through like society for me in ways where I was like, yo, I, I have to be this way because I'm at a Mexican mm-hmm. party or I'm going to be this way right now because I'm in theater class or I'm going to a banquet or a dinner so I need to behave a certain way or, or I need to make sure whatever. But I going through that I didn't really understand that wherever I went I was already like hip-hop hip-hop was already Mm -hmm. me and the identity of of the the group that that culture represented um, was so powerful and so like indicative of my family It, it was just when I realized that there was no turning back and so I take the good with the bad but I understand that that's something that you know, I belong to, that my family belongs to, my dad, my mom, their hip-hop is fuck.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I
0: mean? And so it's just really cool to look at it in a light where, you know, it's, it's not restricted to a certain age group or type of people or it's not limited to a particular whatever. Like, you can, like you know, old school hip hop. And, you know, I was into East Coast hip hop for such a long time, but then realized that the South had this identity that I, Mm -hmm. you know, was like directly aligned with and West Coast hip hop and then global hip hop and then just so much. Um, Yeah, it it just, it was a, it was an identity thing. Like hip hop is who I am. So.
1: Wow. I'm crying.
0: (laughs) In the club right now. In
1: the club right now. Um... That was amazing. And you also happen to be a rapper.
0: MC. There's a difference.
1: I'm so fucking sorry. It's okay. It's all right. Oh my God. I failed my hip hop <laughs> test. I am trash. Um, which I would, I, I could obviously interview and get like way deeper into that. Um, cause I want to know like when you started, when you like got the power, how you, how you formulate words and we can discuss that more later on, yeah, it's a lot of fun. um, because that's, that is what hip hop is outside of just this like powerful cultural movement and feeling and everything else that surrounds it. But I think it's so interesting because we are so different, but like everything you were saying, I felt, I felt it. Um, in a spiritual way, almost. Yeah. Uh, I literally, this can sound so stupid and cheesy, but like the first, my first steps, my family always told me that my first steps that I ever took was dancing. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love dancing so much. But they also were playing fucking hip hop music. So like I was, when I was born, my sisters were already teens. Yeah. And so like, I literally grew up listening to nothing but hip hop. yeah. And like, I remember doing the Tootsie Roll, like all that shit. Like, that's just like shout out to my two oldest sisters. Like that's how I grew up. And so like, I think I've discussed it before, like black culture was so, so influential in my life. And I really related to it because it represented me more than the Brady bunch did. Mm. And I was so deeply and closely connected to it, but it's also really interesting because in the history of hip hop, when you study its creation, it's the black community and the Latino community in the East coast, But a lot of Latino parents fucking hate hip hop. And a lot of that is really interesting because I think they um, follow the global standard of just like demonizing blackness, right? Um, At least that's how I see it because I don't understand if they really felt and see the connection of what this music is, why they would hate on it so much as they do. Um, So it was always unfortunate because... um, Parents, a lot of Latino parents would always be like, Mine included Mine included were like apaga eso, you know, like turn it off. We don't want to hear this. Too much cussing, too much this, too much that. And so like I grew up listening to it and I loved it. And I mentioned it last episode, but like I was considered like the ghetto kid or I knew too much hood shit or this and that. And I went to Catholic school, so like any ounce of not Jesus was like bad. <laughs> um, so but I always Loved it. Like, it was just, it just, I just felt so connected to it. I didn't have a damn 9 millimeter or anything like that, but I... Gun. <laughs> Yikes. Um, so, but it's so interesting now when I study myself and think about how I used to be. Because I was always so deeply in love and invested in this beautiful thing called hip-hop. Mm-hmm. But I never... But there was a time period when I also felt I had to, like, make my mom proud and, like, not listening to it in front of her. Yeah. And so I stopped listening to it as much. And then I quickly was like, nah, fuck that. Like, this is my <laughs> shit. Like, I love this. And yeah. so then whenever I actually went to college and started studying all the powers that be and this and that, I was like, why do I have to assimilate and be who p- what people want me to be? and look the certain way and listen to this certain thing because I'm quote unquote an educated Latina or this and that. Why can't I be educated and listen to ignorant ass shit or whatever the hell you want to call it? Mm -hmm. Like, and it's obviously not, but that's a lot of what, the majority of its being has been until recently where it has become the number one genre of music. Yeah. And so it's so fascinating to me because of course as soon as white culture accepts something or starts stealing it or appropriating it or whatever you want to call it or just likes it, it's okay then.
0: Yeah.
1: And now your hip hop shows go from underground mostly black or mostly brown events to all white events. And we can't afford them no more. Like, it's crazy to see this cultural shift, but it's so interesting. And so, I don't know. I, I, hip-hop, hip-hop, is, hip-hop is everything I love, I feel like. Um, and I connect to it so deeply through all the things you were saying as well. Um, but I wanted us to discuss it a little bit in that way so that we can also bring in some different people from Dallas. Cool. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit of our, our connection to hip-hop. I feel like I missed a lot about myself, but that's um, sort of how I feel off the top of my head. So we're going to run with it. And we will discuss more later on with our local MC, Exile.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and now here with our local MC correspondent, Exile. <laughs>
1: uh all right so i'm actually bringing back a segment today uh we did our our cute little surveys and somebody's like where did dear eva go and i was like i don't know like where did she go is she okay um but really what it was was like nobody asked us a questions, so i didn't have i didn't have a segment and we have really long episodes sometimes and i don't want to do that to y'all so i am going to read a dear eva question i got yay thanks for writing in guys um that's so lame i'm so sorry let me find this little situation so we are now rolling into dear eva De-ding. i don't know what sound was, effect we have for that well, was it good was it bad um
0: (laughs) they show this loud today for folklorico they
1: are i'm so sorry y'all hear them because they're like not even considered it we love y'all but come on now um this question is from josie josie that's the name i'm giving them so i'm gonna read this question and they said dear eva I am curious to know how supportive your family is about your work in activism and about your feminism. Woo yeah. Whew. I ask this because my family is super conservative and makes me feel bad about my feminist beliefs. They also disapprove of some of the work I've done in activism. I'm about to graduate college. I'm a first-generation American and college student. But they see me, congrats, girl. Uh, but they see me as a failure simply because of what I stand for. How do I deal with this? How can I keep my family happy while still doing work I'm passionate about? Sincerely, Josie. P.S. Y'all rock. I love everything you do for the community. Thank you for uplifting black and brown voices in Texas. (laughs) thank you so much we actually really appreciate that a lot we really do and this is a fantastic question i had a really hard time with it girl it was not easy um i would say this is the first time in my life that i kindly kind of feel understood and respected by my family i know that sounds super weird but i'm the baby of my family so naturally there's not much of that Um, and they're much older than me So I always felt like I was being left out and I was constantly trying to like, Hey, somebody, did you hear me? I, uh, you know, and I just constantly felt like I was under attack or not really under attack. I was just very sensitive, but they also did not value my opinion because I was so young. Mm -hmm. Um, so then, now, I am the loudest uh, of the bunch, I would say, and I'm very radical, and you all know that. Radical. It was, n- <laughs> my God. But it was not easy. So, I was, um, I had a really hard time in college, the same way you did. Um, my mom raised us. Pretty liberal, I would say. And so now it's funny because she won't admit to it. But, like, I saw the Michael Moore film Fahrenheit 911 in third grade. Oh, wow. Like, we went to the movie theater. And I'm like, Mom, like, you set me up for this. What? Yeah. Like, but it's interesting because, and I don't mean to put all my business out there, but my family has become more conservative. A lot of it being because they've gotten closer to the Catholic Church. And I'm not trying to shame that by any means, but that made them more, the big issue is pro-life, pro-choice. That's the one. That's the big one where it's just, I don't, when they start talking politics, girlfriend, I leave the room. That's for my own mental health. That might not be the best thing to do, but they know where I stand. So why am I going to sit here and argue with people that don't want to change their opinion? Yeah. So it's not easy but you have to be so firmly grounded and confident in what you believe in that it doesn't matter. Because if they love and support you, they're going to love and support you. Yeah. And it took a long time to get there. I used to call one of my sisters crying and say, mom is so mad at me. Mom does not approve of this. Mom does not approve of this friend or that or whatever. Or, and it would just break my heart because we want nothing more as immigrant children to make our parents happy. So it was really hard.
0: And and just to interject really quickly, um, I know that um, parents want nothing more than for their children to avoid the mistakes that they made right. and to give them a better life. And so, uh, you know, through, through that situation, it might have been one of those things where, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to safeguard you or I'm trying to protect you from things that, you know, you, you shouldn't be dealing with in your life.
1: Right. Um, so it took a long time. I would say it took at least three, four years for us to get to a comfortable place. There have been arguments at, at Christmas. Um, I've had, I, I, li- I literally have had to discuss Black Lives Matter. I've had to discuss um, feminism. I've had to discuss... Uh, per, um, What's the word I'm looking for? I can't, I can't think of it. Just most of the fights I've had, they're not fun. They're not enjoyable. I hate arguing with people. I mostly, especially hate it with my loved ones and my family. So to me, it's kind of become this thing of like, this is what I believe. If you can understand it, beautiful, great. If you don't, I, I can't force you to. But I mean, it's still, they support me and love me because I'm, family right i'm their daughter or whatever but there's still times where we butt heads and i'm like i can't believe my mom just said this but that doesn't mean i don't try try it out Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: that's the thing i can't just be preaching to everybody on this podcast and then go home and let my family be anti-black or go home and let my family be say i'm racist for saying there's too many white people in this tv show which has happened um i i'm it's still i'm still facing this all the time with my family and I don't say this to put them on blast I'm saying this because it's the truth it's what's happening I think now especially with the one year the way they were there for me and supported me and cheered me on meant so much to me because I know half of the shit I was saying is mad radical especially to them because we do come from a traditional Mexican immigrant family so like I'm not supposed to be cursing and drinking on stage with the man. Like what? I'm not supposed to be cursing.
0: You were drinking on stage?
1: Yeah. I don't know if you could tell, but, um, (laughs) but really it's difficult. And I don't mean to be going in a circle, but um, the beautiful conversation I had with my mom that finally laid it to rest. And this only happened last year where my mom said, look, like, cause it used to torture me. And I mean, I would cry. Like I felt so horrible because I was like hurting myself because I knew I did not agree with my family and I was driving myself crazy. And then finally my mom and I had a discussion last year and I was so sad that we couldn't agree on something. And she said, Mihá. she said, that's what makes you, you. She said, we're not supposed to believe the same things. I'm your mother. She said, that's the beauty in it is that I support you and love you no matter what. No matter the differences we have, I'm not going to agree with everything you do, but I love you for who you are, as you are, because you believe in what you believe and you fight for it. And when she said that, I like, felt like I gained 30 years back and I was like, oh my God. And I was so shook because I was like, I need, that's what I've been begging for. Yeah. Because I had been trying, I'm a perfectionist, so I've been trying to please my mom all my life, and finally she told me, it's okay if we don't agree on everything. And I was like, what? Because I'm not a practicing Catholic. And that doesn't mean I'm not connected to my Catholic roots, but I'm not. So, it was a lot. It was a lot to go against with my family because I'm still looked at as like heathen daughter that's (laughs) radical. But I know my roots. I know what I believe in. I know what I love. I know my feminism and I'm confident in it. And I wouldn't be feminist if I didn't have three, four women raising me. What their feminism and all that is, is a different story. And that's okay, because that's the beauty of life. There's differences we can celebrate. Now, if they're going to be putting on Make America Great Again hats, I can't Uh -uh. be rocking with them, but they're not. Thank God. (laughs) We're not like that. And I wish you good luck, because it is hard to be living in those times, but just be confident in yourself. And if your family is... A beautiful, loving family, which I hope they are, they will still love and support you despite their differences. And, and if they don't right now, hopefully they'll get to that point. Um, family can also be toxic as hell, and I think I've mentioned that before. Um, so do not by any means completely drive yourself crazy trying to please them because you are your own individual, and they need to understand that as well. So hopefully that helped. <laughs> Thank you for writing in to dear Eva. Eva. Yay. <laughs> All right. Self-care corner is next. I, there are so many self-care corners, you guys. And I feel like I've done this one before, but right now the self-care I'm feeling is dancing. I'm like blasting music in my room, in the bathroom, in the car, and I just feel like grooving. So I'm looking forward. Walking bored.
0: into places and rocket is spinning. Uh.
1: Listen, that is literally my me mood. Like I'm just like, yes. Um, so I know some people don't like to dance, but it sometimes just fucking feels good. Even if you don't do it well, just let your body flow. And you can be really beautifully connected to your body. And you don't have to be in front of people. You can do it in your room. You don't have to look in the mirror. Just let your body loose. Have some fun. Get your groove on. That is my self-care corner for the week. That's a good one. Thanks. Yeah. Our Brown Business of the Week. What is your sound effect? Where are your sound effects? Step your game up. Sorry. This I'm... is year two, honey. We don't have time <laughs> for mistakes. Is a local artist named Jessica Gein. Um, She... I first saw her work at... I don't remember where it was. Some place here in Dallas. When Latino Haso. No, it wasn't actually. It was some other little exhibit that Ari was in. And her work said like... Chiona, pero chingona. And I was like... Do you know who I am? I was like, did you make this for me? (laughs) Um, But it was just super cute. like stitched onto um, some cloth. And I was like, who is she? I want to know her. I want to go to there. And then a few weeks later i think they had a latino no not a few weeks later it was like at a vending somewhere here locally and i met her and she's really cool she's a dope um latina artist from fort worth funky town texas what's good she works with latino hustle i know we've talked about them a few times they have a
0: super door super door (laughs) (sighs)
1: i was doing so good
0: i could tell they're they're
1: super dope they put on dope events in fort worth and hopefully we can work with them sometime soon but she is an artiste she's making there's so much cool shit yeah she makes all kind of dope stuff like i'm just in awe of her craftsmanship and just her work and her creativity Mm -hmm. and her ability to incorporate latinidad especially for the ladies and I'm wearing her little earrings that she made their little Texas. I never rocked Texas shit for the record y'all know I was not crazy about the state back in the day <laughs> I found a newfound love for my state yeah so I was like I'm gonna buy these earrings they're cute so I'm rocking some Jessica Gein right now she hand paints it she'll even post cute little videos of how she makes them yeah and we need to support our local brown girls and their work so this is our brown business of the week, Jessica Geen. You can find her on Instagram, and go support her. Go buy her stuff. Super cute stuff. Yay! Yippee! I <laughs> was ready for this to be over. No, I'm not. What are you? Don't about? lie. I can see it in your eyes. I, can just, see it in your I I told
0: y'all from the jump that she was hating on me. It's been a long day for me and oh my she's god stop. I'm making... gonna feel
1: bad. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm
0: sad. I just I I burned some facts and I made smoky eyes.
1: Bruh, that eyeshadow doe. <laughs> that was so I really wish that would have that didn't even hurt my feelings, and I'm sensitive as hell. Anyways. Our upcoming the Coco events spoiler alert there's not that many because we're tired and we had a bunch um but thank you all for taking the survey we got some really good feedback so i want to send my gratitude for that
0: we got a lot of responses i was gonna look at them and i was like that's a lot to read
1: it's a lot to read. so
0: i'll probably read them tonight or tomorrow
1: cool I'm so glad to hear that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> because you're you like oh, it's time
1: me. to sleep. Let me pull up the survey. Oh yeah, dun, I probably dun, won't dun, sleep. Oh my god. Oh. Uh so now we can do our Shay Serrano recap. Yeah. An evening with Shay Serrano. It was our 1-year anniversary event. Yeah. I What was your initial feeling right after? Um one word, one word. Cathartic? Ooh, deep. (laughs) Mine was relief. Relief. I was so relieved afterwards. I was just like, oh, thank God. Like, it was beautiful. It was great. It was fun. But I was, I think I just had so much going on. And I was like literally having bad dreams about it the week prior. And when I Mm -hmm. have dreams about things, I know they mean a lot to me, which is scary. And so I was like, I don't want to have panic attacks. Please just come on. Just happen. Yeah. Um, but it was such a beautiful day. It was so... Damn, why'd you make that face? You're like no, because I'm, yourself.
0: No, because I'm thinking of all the stuff that we... I mean, we did a lot. There we was a lot a to lot. handle. But yeah, I mean... I guess when you work so hard for specific moments and then they happen. And then they're better than you expected. Right. Like, that's a good feeling.
1: It is. Yeah. It totally is. So... We were, we had a lot of last minute things to do, shocker, and we accomplished most of them, yeah. and then Arturo called me, and he's like, we're outside, and I was like, great, my makeup's not done, do 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 and so there was already people in the theater at that time, and so I was like, let me finish my damn face, and so then we went and said hi to them, and he had brought his two sons. And Arturo brought his wife, and I was like, these people are real. Ah, No, not really. But it was like, oh, this is cool. Then, uh, when we walked to the theater, that's when Nice For What was playing the first time. And I was like, is this my scene? (laughs) Like, what? And I felt so cool. And I was like, whoa, this is weird. And it was really weird for me because I had been so used to being like, depressed or anxious or both that like i didn't know what wave i was on like i was like this is a weird feeling things have not backfired yet like what's yeah. happening um and so then it was like it was starting and rafa was introducing and i was like okay we're just rolling with it i wrote the script i've prepared as much as i can i think and we're just going to keep going and then it happened and yeah. it was cool and fun And I don't know. I just feel like, just like smiles. Yeah. It was nice.
0: It was cool. It was cool to see um, all the people that have been with us for a a hot minute. Mm -hmm. It was cool to see the people that have never heard of us and didn't know who we were. Um, It was really dope to have those conversations with Shay and Arturo um, and and some of the in-depth conversations we had with some of the people. And then uh, just seeing...
1: <laughs> there were some weird moments. The moment when the guy was trying to ask him about...
0: Yeah, he was trying to be funny. He was trying it to be really... funny,
1: but his joke did not land. Yeah. So you can hear it in the live episode yeah. where we're all like, uh, we all looked at each Word. other in like a little panic. Like, is he a Trump supporter? What is he saying right now? Yeah. What's happening? And so I was like, uh, do we need to take the mic? Do we need, to, uh, 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 do we need yeah. to kick him out? And then it was like, oh no, he's he's trying to be funny. Just yeah. doesn't know how to deliver... Michelle Wolf style. So um yeah, so that was interesting. And then it was interesting like I felt a little bit weird, but I was like, <clears throat> okay, like obviously I understand, but it was still strange and I even had a listener uh write to us that he was like thought it was interesting how like basically after Shay finished, a huge group left. Yeah. In the middle of the recording. Yeah. And it was hard to ignore. Yeah. And it was fine, but it was still like, damn, that kind of sucks because it still feels like y'all don't care about us, or you know what I mean. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was taking it personally. Like I get it. This is when the book signing's supposed to be, so they're going. But at the yeah. same time, it's like that person saying that, like, pointed it out to me. Like, nah. Like, how much do they value? our work or do they just value what we did because Shay was there? I don't know if that's like too deep, but I, thought I it think was, it is. Um, I think I thought it was interesting. Cause that person brought it up to me. That listener wrote me about it or wrote us about it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I can see that. I
0: would have done the same, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, if, if I didn't know Decolores and I went to go see Shay, I would have left at the exact same time. Dang. And I would have stayed. No, 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 no. And that's the thing. Like, um, and that's not taking anything away from what, so I'm speaking from the perspective as if I was going and I didn't know Decoloris and I was only there for Shay. I I f- I feel like I would have left when Shay left because, you know, as as dope as I might have thought Decoloris was, I think um, Shay is such an impactful figure in in the things that he does outside of just being an author that I would really not want to miss my opportunity to you know, to talk to them, to, right. to whatever. No, I get
1: that. And that's why I didn't take any offense to it. Like I was like, oh, I get it. Like they want to go out. It's just one of those weird moments where it's like yeah, some an of the entire people, sea leaves and you're like, Wah. Well, some
0: of the people that left ended up having some of the most engaging conversations of the night with us. Like mm-hmm. there was, I mean, there was a girl that was leaving back home to Atlanta there was a guy from Topeka Kansas he spoke to you mm-hmm. yes. but I'm having all these conversations with these people who were literally in line some of the first in line to go see Shea so I knew that they had they had to have been some of the people that left when he left but like to me it doesn't make it any less meaningful when they come up to me afterwards and have a conversation about you know the significance of the work that, that Deco Lotus is doing so you know I I mean, uh, I, you know, you're right. I, I it did kind of feel a uh, you couldn't ignore it, but in no way did it like affect me negatively. Right. Where I was like,
1: no, it was still like I don't even mean to, I didn't mean to get on it for that long because it really was not a big deal. It was just one of those things where you're like, oh, that happened, okay. Yeah. And then we just kept going, and then we watched like our wrap up video, and that was really nice because I was like, oh shit, we were on Buzzfeed, weren't we? That's cool. Uh, so it was just really interesting because it was like, damn, we're doing this thing, and y'all are behind us and we're with you and just this dynamic that even you and I have built has been really really beneficial to me personally and on a professional scale and on a personal scale and just like the the relationships I've been able to build through the colores and literally like I just want to meet everybody be friends with everybody cuz that's yeah. just kind of I guess how I am but it's like whoa like I've said it a million times, but seeing people receptive to my voice, when a lot of times my voice was, like, silenced or often in society, like, people don't want to listen to the big, loud brown girl over there, you know? And so it's just so cool to see that. Um, And so it was just really dope to bring it all together and to make this shit happen because i'm totally an idea person but i'm also an action person and i like to make things happen and so like i was just like yo guys i emailed shay and he said he was down and you're like great let's make it happen and i was like okay rafa you're the best thanks (laughs) um so like just seeing it all come into fruition is really incredible and saying it we've done this for a year even with the t-shirts like the t-shirts mean so much to me because of my shitty little sketch idea (laughs) and then having a dope artist you're lucky. Nobody
0: asked. Me for
1: it. I am lucky. Anybody, Ooh, thank anybody, God. Anybody, I hope it's in the garbage. That now. offer still stands. I got <laughs> no, a picture they of nobody remember see? that. But <laughs> it's just like seeing all these things come together. Like shows me that. Like I just want to keep providing this platform for people to do the same thing. Yeah. And I'm very grateful. And Shay is just silly and dope and cool. And I wish him nothing but the best as well. And so it's really nice, and it makes me look forward to what the hell we got in store for season, season two. Do you hear me? Season two. Hola. Hola. <laughs> um, and then finally, very, very soon, um, this sounds amazing. Rafa can tell us a little bit more.
0: Yes. Pancho um, Villa from a safe distance. So it's a bilingual rock opera. Um, rock igni- lobster. Not that one. Sorry. No. Ignite Arts and SMU Meadow School of the Arts, um, along with AT&T Performing Arts Center, the Oak Cliff Cultural Center, and Deco Lourdes Radio are presenting this production. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be at Texas Theater, Friday, May 4th, $10. It'll be super dope. You can find the event on Facebook, but you can also just search Pancho Villa from a safe distance online. Google it and it'll pull up their website. You can kind of see glimpses of...
1: Google it, loca. Yeah,
0: and you can see like little clips of, of the uh, rock opera, but it looks really cool. Um, Clyde Valentin over at Ignite Arts is doing some really cool stuff for the city, and so it's nice for him to kind of reach out to to people like the Oak Cliff Cultural Center, AT&T Performing Arts Center, Texas Theater, Decolores Radio, um, and making things like this happen in Dallas. Cause it's not often that you get to see events like this. And so it's really cool one to see that happen. And then for him, uh, to, to give us a call and find ways to help make it happen. So we're really happy to be a part of that. And, uh, Bring that to Dallas, here to Oak Cliff.
1: Yes. I'm actually really excited because you know I like musicals. (laughs) Pat does not. Pat does not. But also, y'all going to bring my boy Pancho Villa into this? This is going to be interesting. Yeah. How many times do we see our reflections in rock opera formats, you guys? So, if you don't have plans, Friday, May 4th, you do now. I want to see all of you there. I'm very serious. I love seeing y'all. Please don't leave. I always get sad because I feel like everybody leaves and I'm like, no, come hug me. Say hi, something. (laughs) Um, So really please come out and support this because these, this is the kind of work we need to be supporting. Um, And I think it's going to be really dope. I'm really excited. Now it is time for who'd you got
0: gone? Who'd
1: you got Gun The coco. The coco. Go ahead. All right, Pat. Who do you have? (laughs) I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them, but they're this really cool band called Washed Out. Just kidding. Pat's in Portland, you guys. (laughs) Thanks to Rafa for being brilliant and thinking (laughs) of that. Um, We hope you're having fun. Shout out to Winston and Yvette for being amazing. I love you. I'm glad y'all came We literally had people come from out of state for our one year anniversary That like, was so dope I never felt more important in my life That was so dope It was so amazing And shout out to Alexander, Alex, you're so sweet And Miguel, who came from San Antonio Anyways, um, Rafa,
0: who'd you got? I got Chris-matic
1: <laughs> Tell us more, you sound like a baby learning how to talk I'm I'm one years old now, so...
0: Um, yeah, he doesn't have a whole lot of music out, but I was listening to this song, Calories, and then he's got another one called Extendo.
1: What is Calories about?
0: Uh, carbo-loading. For real? No.
1: <laughs> he's like a meathead?
0: No, he's got like this uh, almost uh, reggae-ish sound, but it's 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 hip-hop, it's rap. Um, and if you know anything about hip-hop, you know that it started off... Reggae. Wow. But we won't get into that just yet. But yeah, no, and then um his voice and, and or cadence. No, more voice uh is of likeness to the one and only Hove.
1: Who is that?
0: Greatest rapper alive. We've gone through this. You even agreed off off the record.
1: Like, what?
0: Remember when you were like, that okay, you're right. I, but didn't I was like when oh, did I ever don't trip because ooh, I was like, ooh, I should have got you on the podcast <laughs>
1: Such a good liar! I'm no, literally cackling. Eva! They heard us last episode. We were talking with Shay. Oh
0: yeah, I'm I'm talking about off the when we were like at eating. the club off the record. No. Oh, <laughs> oh my
1: god. <laughs> okay, okay, go on. I'm, okay, Chris, we're Matthew. just gonna
0: act like you didn't say that. Okay. I didn't. but Okay. It's fine. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, he kind of sound his voice sounds a little bit like Jay, but his raps are, are not nothing like them. Um, but yeah, he's got a dope chill sound. Hip hop and it's 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 uh, that good for your ear. Hip hop where mm,
1: not you know, makes your ear bleed.
0: Right, it's street, but it makes sense. And he drops like some, some some good, some good knowledge in there. Shout out to the folklorico people again, making noise, <laughs> being all loud.
1: <laughs> loud as swear loud.
0: Swear, <laughs> swear Cinco de Mayo right around the corner. Stop
1: it! Uh, they have a big so they do. Yeah. Uh, my who you got for the week? I'm pretty sure we discussed it before. Yeah. I've been begging Rafa to watch it, but I don't know if he did. I will before the week's over. Okay. Um, I recently caught up. So I've told you all before how much I enjoy this show, but I recently caught up cuz I was like on episode 1, and I need everybody to watch it. That is Atlanta with FX. You guys, Donald Glover that man, kind of a genius.
0: Kind of a genius.
1: Like after episode six, Teddy Perkins, I am fucked up. I am so sorry, Gogo, but I am messed up.
0: Gogo's gonna have a hard time with this episode. <laughs> just for the record,
1: <laughs> this is a be careful, Gogo episode. Yeah. Um. No, but Atlanta, I just am in all of brilliant art and media and. And TV and films especially. Like when you see one so good that you're like yelling and you can't stop thinking about it for days. That's my shit. Like that is my favorite consumption. Is when I hear something or watch something and I'm thinking about it a week later. And still trying to discover things about it. And I'm like talking to everybody like have you seen it? I need to know more. What do you think? That's how I felt after watching... Episode six of Atlanta. Uh, the whole show is constantly commentating on blackness in the South and hip hop culture, and it is so fun to watch. It's so fun to watch, to huh? I'm gonna have to make you it definitely face. need to. Yeah. I was like weary of how the season two was gonna go, and now I'm like, oh my god, why did I doubt you for a second? Like. Okay okay it really episode six like literally shout out uh my college professor that hit me up and was like you need to watch it and i watched it and i live texted him and i was like oh my god what did i just watch incredible that to me is what art should feel like
0: Dang, well, I feel like I'm going to go home and watch it now.
1: Yes, I'm a good salesperson, but I'm not because I hate (laughs) making people buy things. So that wraps it up for us here at De Colores Radio. We are so thankful you're riding with us for our second year of doing this thing. Don't forget to share the podcast and follow us on social media. Subscribe and leave us a...
0: Darn review.
1: We'd love to keep growing, so please share it with your family and friends or your tia who talks about everyone in the family. Let us know what your favorite part was. Tweet us or just hit us up. We love hearing from you all. We could not go on without your support. Tell everyone you love to follow us at The Colores Co. If you enjoy our personal thoughts, you can follow me at Eva Arreguin, Rafa at Exile, and Pat at Pat. Ericine. Why didn't you wanna say <laughs> I it? I thought you were gonna say it no. on Instagram. <laughs> Our theme song is Cumbia Anthem by El Dusty. Our audio editor is Jason Ramirez, and we promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content. And more importantly a platform for your voices and work to be lifted contact us on social media or email us at the at gmail.com thank you so much again for listening have a great week and join us again next time for the colores radio